0: Welcome to the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, where we are all about going beyond programs, beyond best practices, and beyond curriculum to recover and learn from our Wesleyan roots and to explore the foundations for small groups that produce disciples of Jesus Christ to, in turn, disciple others. My name is Scott Hughes, and I am the Director of Adult Discipleship here at Discipleship Ministries. And I'm
1: Steve Manskar. I'm the Director of Wesleyan Leadership at Discipleship Ministries.
0: And today's episode is the third part in a series where we have been covering covenant discipleship, uh, discipleship groups. We have interviewed Steve, we've interviewed Chris Wilterdink, and go back and listen to those if you haven't already.
1: Absolutely, and we're, we're doing this because back in the fall of last year, Discipleship Resources released three brand new books. new resources for covenant discipleship so the first one you know for the the adult version and sort of the the foundation volume is the book I wrote it's the biggest of the three right um, titled disciples making disciples a guide for covenant discipleship groups and class leaders okay and then Chris Wilterdink who we interviewed wrote the youth Version called Everyday Disciples, mm-hmm. Covenant Discipleship with Youth. And today we interview Melanie Gordon, our colleague. Yes. Who wrote, a, who co authored a book with uh, Susan Gross Close and Gail Quay okay, titled Growing
0: Everyday Disciples. Which is a great. T- t- Covenant I'm going to be Discipleship biased. with Children. I think that's the best title. I'm gonna get, am Absolutely. I, I going to get in trouble with you <laughs> for saying yours doesn't have the best title? No. I okay. Think,
1: and we, it was fun
0: thinking up these titles. Oh, okay.
1: Um, and I, I forget who came up with, because I think Chris came up with his oh. everyday disciples. He really wanted that. Okay. And I knew what I wanted my title to be. Okay. And then someone suggested... For Melanie's book, how about growing everyday disciples? Right, and I, and I think I'm pretty sure it was Melanie who's responsible for the the, the cover design, which I really like. Oh yeah, like. yeah, very the, simplistic, really nice very nice cover design. Yeah, that, that Melanie really helped push towards that. Yeah.
0: So, so some things to highlight as we transition into the interview. With our colleague Melanie Gordon, whose official title is
1: director of ministry with children. There you go.
0: Um, this is geared towards third through sixth graders, so it's not just children in general. And and things that I've heard Melanie say before, it's those children who are who expressed interest of, of something beyond perhaps the um, just entertainment value they're getting that they're wanting more. Is that fair to say? In terms of who yeah, she's I think looking for, she
1: says in the interview that. Um, the for it's primarily for the children who want to go deeper, yeah okay, good, but also that the general rule of discipleship and you know the the concepts of that are in the ministry mm. apply to all of children's ministry
0: very true yeah and, and true.
1: to help you know families that that the family is a faith forming community as well
0: that's right, and it's not something that happens separate from but should be very much a part of the culture of discipleship in a church is what's happening in the lives of families. Right, yeah. And so one last thing I would say to listen to in this interview or listen for in the interview is I think uh, one of the things this does particularly well, this particular resource, is uh, helping children understand, and I think adults too, understanding uh, justice. So something to listen for as you listen now to the interview. Well, very good. Well, I'm going to start us off with the questions and that is one of the things you say it, that I really like, y'all repeat this a lot in the book, is talking about uh, being inherit, children being inheritors of the story. And so I'm gonna let you expound on that a little bit. Uh, I really enjoyed that part of the book. So I'll, let, I'll just kind of be nice and general there and kind of
2: open it up for you. Yes, thanks, and thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate um, the invitation and um, having an opportunity to talk with the two of you. One of the things that I realized when looking at how we help children to grow as disciples was who were who were the folks in the first um, covenant group. Yeah. Um, so let's look back at the disciples and, and see um, what was going on in, re- in their relationship. Um, how were they? in um, covenant with one another to make disciples and understanding, helping children understand that their story doesn't start with what we're doing right now in our congregations. But there's a rich, deep history, biblical history of why small groups are important. And um, when you look at these small groups of the Bible, um, that helps us to understand how our stories are told. I mean, think about all the stories that Jesus shared with the disciples um, and think about the stories that came after um, the resurrection of, of Jesus and then think about how we have these wonderful stories in in Acts and the epistles and they, they are... Um, part of what we've inherited as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ. So our children are not just the inheritors of the story. They are also hopefully the tellers of the story. Mm-hmm. We want them to tell this story by continuing to live out what Jesus left for us is our great commandment and to um, tell these stories. Um, through their actions and through the way that they care for others, the way they worship, the way they spend time with God, and the way they speak up for those who can't speak for themselves.
0: That's great. And one of the things I I love about this resource for for all the ages is it really does a great job of creating a culture of discipleship within a church. Um, Another question is, how does this differ? How does this resource differ from the youth version and the adult version? What's similar?
2: Right. So I myself um, uh, participate in a covenant discipleship group as an adult, and one of the things that is very different is that we don't have guides as adults. We definitely,
0: <laughs> well, <you need> them <laughs> although, sometimes, though. although
2: sometimes we do need them. You're right. Um, children need um, guides. This is not an informational um, resource, but a formational resource. Well said. Yeah. And they need someone who's going to help guide them along the way and keep them on track, and also um, be a confidential listener um, to what is going on in their lives, and to help them to learn how to share uh, their story, share things with others, and um, to see those things that are important in how we are to live out our lives as um, followers followers of Jesus Christ. As adults, um, we don't necessarily need someone to spell that out for us or to necessarily say, a point for us. This is justice, this is compassion, this is this. Children need a little of that as we go. Adults need need
0: some of that too.
2: But Steve uh, would say...
0: You're giving too much credit to adults, I think.
2: (laughs) But but Steve Manscar would say, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we get confused about what is compassion and what is justice. I,
0: I, I'm speaking for myself on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone else down. Sometimes I yeah. need a little clarity on that, too. So just, just yeah. for clarity to stake there.
2: But children do get the justice issue, for sure, um, much better than adults do. Well, children funny, understand. Yeah. They're concrete. They know right and wrong. They may not actually always do right, <laughs> but they know right, and they know wrong, and they're very clear about naming it. I know my 11-year-old uh, is. Exactly, exactly, When
0: the 13-year-old does something, we find out about it quick.
2: Right, exactly, and as they grow, when you think about um, the youth component of, of this, they're starting to see the gray. Mm. They're starting to see it's not just black and white. And they have to wrestle with that, where children don't really wrestle with that. They're like, this is right, this is wrong. And then developmentally, as you grow, you, you have to figure out, okay, so we believe in this, but what about this piece of it and this piece of it? Where does that fit in? Um, And that's what makes how we do um, covenant discipleship different in our different stages um, of life and faith development. Um, We have to sometimes help children to see uh, that it's not necessarily always black and white, very gently. And let them see the nuances, give them experiences so that they can see the nuances of um, justice issues. Uh, But we also, as adults in our covenant groups, sometimes we look too deeply into those nuances when what is right and what is wrong can be very apparent to us if we um, just step away from um, a topic. We want to make sure that we have, that we follow Safe Sanctuaries guidelines. Um, we wanna make sure we have um, at least two guides per, per eight children um, in our groups. And um, if you can have more, that's also great because sometimes this, this involves doing things and getting children from place to place. Um, we wanna make sure that those guides are not related to one another, they're not cohabitating with one another, and that they are at least five years older than the oldest um, person in the group plus a high school graduate. So that means they would be much older. So the two have to go together. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be much older. Yeah. I can do math
2: there. Yeah, that's older. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, That is important for several reasons. One is definitely for for overall safety. The other is to um, have accountability between the guides because there's some confidentiality issues that can arise. Um, And it's good when two adults might hear something and and need to say hmm let me pause is that an issue that we need to address with a parent Mm. or is that an issue we need to address with officials Mm. um and you need to have someone to talk with who who is safe sanctuaries trained who understands the balance of confidentiality with keeping a child safe
1: i'm curious to how the guides participate in the covenant with the children?
2: Oh, yes, that's, um, that's a fun one. This is um, because we suggest that you spend the first two sessions writing the covenant. Mm, okay. And I, I know that can sound overwhelming to a lot of people, but what it does is that it offers guides a couple of things opportunity for the children to be able to um, participate and offer what they believe should be in the um, covenant. How are we in relationship with one another through this covenant? And how are we in relationship with God and one another through this covenant? Um, So the first session is, is just Let's just put everything, spread everything out. We have this great activity of how everything is spread out on the floor, and you um, uh, just write out everything that you know Hmm. about what it means to be in a relationship with one another. It's really messy, and you know, kids love messy, some adults do too. And so, ask why can't we get that uh, in the adult version? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can. Ask (laughs) Steve. And so then the role of the guide after this first session is to really look at the covenant, um, the pieces that the children have recommended and suggested and start thinking about how do we take something that is really big and has probably every little detail in it because you want everyone to have a voice and bring bring it down to a concise five ways that we are to be in covenant with one another so we ask that guides pray over this and really look over it and spend the second session helping children to categorize and see where things belong and because the guides are part of the um um time that um uh, that they share what's going on in their lives how they have um Um, then in worship and devotion, justice and compassion. Um, We ask that the guides share their own story. You know, what have they done this week as models for the children? Um, And it's interesting, sometimes adults learn a little bit from the children as far as What they are doing, especially around justice issues, Um, what they are doing that maybe adults need to be paying more attention to. So guides serve as kind of keeping the covenant um, 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 concise and to the point in a way that all the children in the group can understand because you're going to have children of different um, um, abilities who may or may not understand certain things, but also of um, bringing the children back and reminding them this is how we are in covenant together, all of us with one another.
0: So one of the questions I asked Chris was about whether this was for all the youth in the youth program or just the leaders of the youth program. Uh, So is this true for the, uh, how does this work for children? Is this for all the children? Is this for like the leaders of the, you know, how does that work?
2: Yeah, you know, this question came up actually at um, uh, it was either on the Wesley pilgrimage or or something that that Steve was leading, <laughs> and I had someone someone from the um, the group to ask me um, a question I really had not pondered. Neither had Susan nor um, Gail, who wrote this with me. Um, you know, can this be useful? in all of children's ministry um, and the answer is yes. Uh, you know, Primarily uh, covenant discipleship with children is for children who have gotten to that point where they're ready to go deeper in understanding their relationship with God and with others. They are committed to meeting together with one another every week for up to two and a half or three hours being very intentional about what they're doing between those meetings and being intentional where they are every child is not ready to do to do that and be there but that right. does not mean that every child cannot benefit from this rule of life gotcha. every child can benefit from looking at and understanding what it means to be in worship what it means to um, be in devotion, to pray, to spend time with God. Every child can benefit from understanding acts of compassion, how we care for other sure. people. And all of our children can benefit from how it is that we are the voice for the voiceless um, and how we live that out. It may not mean that all of our children are going to commit to, because this is a big commitment. Yeah, uh, sure. They may not, they're not ready to commit to doing this um, in a very structured um, um, uh, way, but they certainly do benefit from understanding how we are to, to live out the greatest commandment.
1: And so I just want to remind our listeners, and, and Melanie mentioned that phrase, rule of life. Yeah that I, I'm, I'm going to check this with Melanie here, that what she, what she was referencing there was the general rule of discipleship. Yes. Upon which this whole, that's sort of the foundation of this ministry, which is to witness to Jesus Christ in the world and to follow his teachings through acts of compassion, justice, worship, and devotion under the guidance of the Holy Spirit.
2: Absolutely.
1: And I know in a, and I know you know this, Melanie. In a, a previous iteration of Covenant Discipleship with Children called Sprouts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the writers of that of the second Sprouts book made the decision to change compassion to kindness. Mm-hmm. And you've chosen to put to keep compassion. Do you want to say something about why?
2: Yes. Uh, That's a good question. Yeah yeah, thanks, Steve, for bringing that up. Um, one of the one of the things that's very important to me in ministry with children is not to underestimate what children understand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we take um, we we believe children can't understand um, the word compassion um, because they're not familiar with it. They may understand the word kindness. But that doesn't mean that we can't introduce this word to them and help them to understand how much deeper compassion goes than kindness really goes. So I wanted us to, I wanted a few things. I wanted us to honor what children can understand and live into. Um, I wanted us to have something a little more seamless as they grow into small groups as um, in, um, as youth and as adults, the That's language stays the same. That's
0: great.
2: And I also wanted people um, outside of children's ministry to, to see children um, and offer children agency and voice. Um, and language is one way that we do that.
1: What is the role of the parents?
2: Yeah. They're an important part of that. Um, you can't do children's ministry without doing family ministry well, because so. chil- yeah. children don't drive, number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so someone has to be responsible for getting them back back and forth. I mean, that's, that's one just practical thing. Uh, the role of the parent is also to be of support of children, of their children in um, covenant discipleship. Um, children are asked to be, I mean, I'm sorry, parents are asked to be present for the first meeting okay. so that they understand what covenant discipleship is, how it's lived out, what is going to be expected of their children. And they commit to being supportive and um, being present for. Um, when they're going out to do acts of compassion or acts of justice um, and also to being very um, one of the big things is being very clear about confidentiality that what happens in these groups stays in the groups and that Parents are not to ask what. So what did Bobby say? What did Jennifer say? You That's know, a good way to get the gossip train going, All right? It's <laughs> exactly. for your kids. Exactly. It is to trust the process that there are guides there. That if there is anything that um, needs to be known, uh, will be. Um, and um, to remind children of confidentiality because there may be something that a child hears and goes home and says, "Mom, guess what." And mom has to say, wait a minute, you know, this is confidential. Right. So parents are, are a huge support of this, and it can't – it would be very difficult to do this without the parents committing to be supportive of their children in this process. Very true.
0: Well, Melanie, um, this uh, maybe the second time. i got a feeling it will not be the last time we have you on on the podcast. Uh, We appreciate your wisdom, and I know we could spend more time on this, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. And with a big thank you for all that you do, Uh, you do such a plethora of many things for children's (coughs) ministries. So uh, even if it's not uh, covenant discipleship with children, there are lots of resources that you can find that uh, Melanie has put together. So make sure and lift those up as well.
1: And how can people get in touch with Melanie?
2: Yeah. Oh, people can get in touch with me by um, most easily, by emailing me at m gordon g o r d o n at unc discipleship.org. Okay. All right. Well, thanks Melanie. Thank, thank you, Melanie. you. I appreciate your ministry, guys. Thanks.
0: Once again, we thank Melanie for taking the time out to to be with us and, and helping us to to understand a little better about growing everyday disciples. Uh, I know one of the things that I took away from looking through the book and pondering uh, all that we've heard from, from you and from Chris and from Melanie is if you were to take the time, and it would take some time, to put these pieces in place in your church, that it it would really go a long way in helping the church in its small group ministry, not just to be a church that has small groups, but to be a church of small groups. Would you agree with that? And, and what else you want to add to that?
1: Well, certainly. it's And it it helps, you know, being an intergenerational ministry. Yes. Because we we are a tradition that baptizes children. Yeah. So these children are members of the congregation who the congregation makes a commitment. That's right. To form as to do all in their power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. That's right. That doesn't just apply to adults. That applies to every age, and I think in particular children.
0: Yeah, and it doesn't just mean we're going to throw money at the youth ministry or the children's ministry. And so the
1: the way that disciples are formed is by helping them to form holy habits Mm. that Wesley called the means of grace, the works of piety and the works of mercy that are named in the general rule of discipleship. And that's also, you know, be really helpful if the congregation adopts the general rule as their rule of life. And then children... You know, if they're in a covenant Sabbath group as, as in elementary school, they um, grow, are given their help, they're helped and supported in developing right. those habits that then as, as they go move into the confirmation and youth ministry, um, those habits are continued to form as they continue, if they're in a covenant scholarship group as in their youth group and in their confirmation class and then hopefully they'll you know if they go off to college they can start a group in their right. campus ministry right absolutely um, and so it's discipleship the, the we know from our tradition from the wesleyan tradition that the way people to, to form people as disciples is yeah they need to be in the lar- you know the worship and the big yes. events that the congregation provides yes but that really intimate disciple formation stuff happens in the relationships that are mm. formed in small groups. Yeah, that's a good word. You need to be in a small group of people that God gives to you to form relationships of trust and love. To watch The way Wesley puts it in the general rules is to watch over one another in love. Right. To help right. each other to grow, you know, to to help, you know, that's how the church helps people obey that new commandment that Jesus gives, Mm -hmm. you know, in John 13, 34 and 35, that he gives you, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And that's your love for one another that everyone will know that you are my disciples. So the way we love each other is by helping each other be the most dependable disciples that we can be
0: that's right so there's that accountability piece and there's the habits that they're building another thing that i i picked up on the interview was that um using covenant discipleship with children and using the particular keeping the language the same is it's helping people grow into that language I think sometimes as Melanie was saying, we sort of talk down to children. Yeah. A- and and I think sometimes we do this with adults as well. Well they're not they're not gonna understand this, so we have to use different language as opposed to helping them to live into some of our language that is very important yeah. language. So I think that's that's a part of it as well. I think there was one other piece that we didn't get a chance to talk to Melanie about, and I think you can answer this, Steve, about what, we asked this to Chris about the relationship of covenant discipleship with youth, but it's true for children as well, its relationship to confirmation.
1: Well, I see it because I've been working with this for a long time. Yeah. And also as a pastor, that covenant discipleship with children is just a fantastic way of preparing children for confirmation. Yeah. Um, that they're they're ready. once they come to the age you know typically kids are what 12 13 years old
0: yeah depending on the church Dep- sure
1: yeah depending on you know the part of the country and yeah it's <laughs> a of lot of factors there. there yeah um but it's a great way of because they're forming these holy habits of compa- acts of compassion justice worship and devotion witnessing to Jesus Christ um and the habit of meeting regularly to give an account of how you're following Jesus in the world. And so they're, they're really well prepared Mm. for confirmation. That's right. Yeah. To really, to be, to really contribute, not only to learn, they're prepared to learn, but they're prepared to really contribute to the life of that group of their, their fellow confirmands. Sure.
0: Well said. Well, this should wrap up then our series on covenant discipleship. I look forward to our next interview with the Reverend Dr. Melanie Dobson and, uh, she's going to be our award winner. She's going to get a, a fancy Discipleship Ministries notebook, and we want to invite our listeners again to uh, give us a review on iTunes, uh, retweet us. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets, and also at UMC Adult Form, and where can people catch you on Twitter, Steve? My Twitter handle is
1: at smanskar, that's at S-M-A-N-S-K-A-R.
0: And you can find our emails on our website at umcdiscipleship.org. So I hope you'll email us your, your questions, your comments, tell us what we're doing right, um, what other topics you'd like for us to, uh, to talk about. So we look forward to interacting with you, and until next time, peace.
1: Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.